Good morning. It is 61 degrees, a few clouds out there. Happy to be with you again. I was off a little bit. Denny Long sitting in, keeping the chair warm. Charlie Wee's at the helm this morning. Good morning, Charlie. How are you? How's your summer going? Oh, not too bad, Susie. How's yours been? You well, very busy, around. very yeah. busy. Just back from Park Rapids late yesterday. So if I'm a little slow on the draw, you'll just have to forgive me this morning. Where haven't you been, Susie? You've, I feel like you've been ever from Park Rapids to Italy. <laughs> That's quite the quite the expansive travel agenda. Yes, it is. Yes, yes. Well, I've also been in the sun a lot, Charlie. I've been in the Italian sun and in the sun in northern Minnesota. And uh, we thought this morning that we're kind of midsummer, and we've had sun, we've had haze, we've had different conditions out there, and just sort of checking in this morning, uh, looking at our skin. How are we doing? Have we burned ourselves? Do we have, I don't know, poison ivy? I might have poison ivy, Charlie. I might. I look. Is it Italian poison ivy? No, or it's Park a, it's Park Rapids. Poison oh well, that's ivy. better. Yeah, I don't know if they <laughs> poison ivy. <laughs> So we have invited to the program Dr. Julie Schultz. She is a, a dermatologist with the Alina Healthcare System. Good morning, Dr. Schultz. Nice to have you on with us. Good morning. It's good to be here, Susie. Yes. Well, as you just heard, uh, we're kind of midsummer, and a lot of people have been out in the sun, and it's been hazy at times. And I, I was going to start with that. Do we sort of get this false sense of security when it's hazy that everything's okay in terms of uh, skin protection? Kind of talk about that. Uh, yes, we usually do. In addition to the haze making us think we're not getting too much sun, also cloudy days. People often think, oh, I don't need to protect my skin. But that is untrue. You get a lot of UV radiation regardless of the haze and the clouds. The sun can penetrate. So. Does it, is it worse or about the same damage, when, whether it's clouds, haze, or direct sun? Um, obviously, direct sun is the worst. Uh, haze, my understanding is, is more in the middle, clouds a little less, but it actually is very minimal, the difference. Um, as long as, you know, we have sunlight and, you know, bright skies, you are getting UV radiation. So. Well, let's open this up to our listeners as well as we go through this hour together. The number six five one four six one nine two two six. That is our city's one talk and text line. Again, we're talking to Dr. Julie Schultz with the Alina Healthcare System about all things dermatological, whether that be a, a bite, a skin bite, a, a brown spot on your arm that you don't know what to think about. Just jump in. Uh, look, one thing I read, doctor, was just kind of perusing summer skin issues, and we mentioned things like, um, oh, what is it, poison ivy. And I was mm-hmm. up north this past week, and I have a, something on my ankle that I've been itching like crazy. My brother-in-law said, oh, that's poison ivy. Do you address issues like poison ivy as a dermatologist? Oh, definitely. We do address poison ivy. Um, it is called allergic contact dermatitis or roost dermatitis in the dermatology world. And it really is that the sap, the roost sort of sap from the plant that gets on the skin and causes that intense reaction and inflammation. And what, I mean, besides itching it, what, <laughs> what is the best uh, solution? 
So the key to that is, well, first, obviously, if you can identify the poison ivy and you can go online and Google, you know, what it looks like and avoid that. The second is having clothing protect your skin if you're going to be in an area of known poison ivy so that instead of that sap getting on directly on your skin, it gets on your clothing. And then also, most importantly, what I often see is patients forget to wash their clothes. And so they keep kind of re-exposing themselves to the sap because they keep touching those shoes or clothing that keep getting on that got the poison ivy sap on them. But what you really want to do if you you think you've had poison ivy or walked through poison ivy is wash the skin with, you know, mild soap and water immediately to kind of wash off as much of that sap first and then really apply sort of anti-inflammatory cream. Hydrocortisone is your best choice for that. All right. Good to know. Itching is not scratching. It does not help. It's very hard not to scratch when you itch. I will say that is intense. Um, you know, itching, obviously we itch and we're going to scratch. Like we're built to do that. Uh, you do worry about, well, you know, the more you scratch, obviously the more likely you are to cause some scarring or further damage to the skin. It also, you can spread sort of that sap around if you're scratching. So you might, you know, make it worse in sense. But I tell you, obviously... Try not to scratch, but boy, that's hard. So hard. And then you do make it worse. (laughs) Well, thank you for that personal advice on on (laughs) what I believe is poison ivy on my ankle. Uh, Uh 651-461-9226. That's our Cities One Talk and Text Line. We're talking to Dr. Julie Schultz with Alina Healthcare System. She's a dermatologist, and we're talking all things skin-related, whether it's poison ivy or sunburn Uh, what have you. And we have a text question already this morning. This person asks us to talk about ringworm. What is that and how do you get it and how do you treat it? (laughs) So ringworm is a fungus. Um, We, it can occur in all parts of the body from the scalp, obviously to the toes. We call it tinea is what the fungus is named for. Uh, We usually treat it if it's a small patch with just topical antifungal cream, and there's a number of them over the counter, including Lamisil, Lotrimin, Tinactin, which can be very effective in treating that if it's a small patch on the skin. If it's more extensive, or especially in the scalp or hair, you often need to use the pills. So you'll have to see a physician or provider for that. How do you get it? So ringworm, good question. So you get ringworm. So sometimes we see it a lot in animals can pass it on to us, especially kittens are notorious for causing ringworm. Um, So often I'll see little, you know, kids show up with it in my office and they've been snuggling like barn cats or barn kittens. Um, We can see it from other animals. We can pass it between each other. So a lot of times wrestlers where like contact sports with a lot of physical skin to skin contact, we'll see them pass it back and forth. Well, we're going to take a break right now, doctor. It's uh, about 16 minutes past seven o'clock on the Sunday morning. Again, I'm Susie Jones back in the saddle. And for people listening this morning, if you have any question about your skin, it is 651-461-9226. We are back right after this. It is 721 on a Sunday morning. 
Beautiful day out today. Susie Jones back in the saddle, been in and out all summer long, but here I am on this Sunday morning. We are taking your calls and your text questions at 651-461-9226. Our guest is Dr. Julie Schultz, a dermatologist in the Alina Healthcare System, and we're talking all things skin-related, whether it's from the sun or aging or what have you. We have a number of text questions coming in. One of them just popped up just a second ago. Wanted to ask about MN fat loss, and I'll do that real quick here. No, I do not take any kind of pill. There is a drop that sort of works with, uh, I believe it's uh, appetite suppressant. But if you want, you can call the station, 651-461-9226, and I'll get your number and call you back. This is a question, doctor, that I have for me, and we just got a call on it. Besides lifting weights every single day, is there any way to tighten up the skin that sags under your arm or under your chin? Uh, I mean, through <laughs> non-surgical. <laughs> I hate it so much. I know. I, we all do. Yes. Um, I mean, a couple of things to think about. One is to keep that skin really well moisturized. Like that can help. But realistically, to tighten up loose skin, you often are looking at surgical or invasive, you know, methods like laser. Um, There really isn't a topical product that we know of that tightens your skin. So keeping it well, yeah, unfortunately, I don't have a good. (laughs) But moisturized, you say, keeping it well moisturized can help? Like, and those ads, you know, with Jane Seymour, you know, that say, (laughs) takes care of the crepe, you know, that skin that's so... Mm-hmm. Is that not, you can't reverse it? Well, I mean, creepy <laughs> skin or like, you know, that idea of that dry sort of crackly skin, we call it eczema crackly, actually. Um, it's really just all about moisturizing it. You know, keeping that very smooth does help with the appearance of it. But really that like loss of the collagen underneath the skin, which gives you that sort of saggy skin, that we can't replace. You honestly, it is kind of an invasive or surgical method to remove it. All right. We'll move on because we've got a lot more and I could spend too much time on how to get rid of that (laughs) under my arms. A texture writes in just a couple, three minutes ago. I have what I think is a planter's wart. I keep putting silic acid on it. I have scratched it off. Um, on a pointed patch, but it doesn't go away. Any advice for this listener? So planters boards, you know, a viral infection of the skin, very common, uh, over-the-counter, you know, so compound W, salicylic acid plasters are the, you know, first-line treatment. Obviously, those really persistent tough ones may often need treatment by a provider with strong liquid nitrogen in the office. Um, but, you know, the, the small ones over the counter are very good to start there. But if they are more persistent, it's, you're likely going to have to go in and have it taken care of in the office. So maybe if it's been a while and still not going away and you want it to go away, talk to a dermatologist about uh, using that liquid nitrogen or whatever that is. Yeah. I've had that. Yeah. yeah. Treatment. Exactly. Okay. Another one. I recently turned 65 and noticed that the skin on my arms and hands seems to bleed a lot easier when I bump against it, like even Mm -hmm. a box, a stick. Is there something I can do to prevent that and toughen up my skin? (laughs) 
coming off your skin. So it is. So what happens is, so as we age, we actually lose our fat. And the fat is what protects those blood vessels on our arms and hands so that, you know, when there is less fat cushioning them and you bump it, you do get that bruising. It has a name called senile purpura, which is a terrible name. <laughs> it probably should be renamed because it's bad. Yeah. Um, you know, it's not a sign of anything serious unless it doesn't heal. You know, then we're worried about it. But generally, you know, bruising on the arms and hands is very normal. Uh, treatment. So, okay, it is hard because we can't actually put fat back in the skin. Ironically, we try to get rid of all of our, our fat a lot of times, mm. but it's very hard. We don't know how to put fat back in very easily. So, you know, patients will often talk about, you know, protecting the skin, clothing, like if you can to protect it. Um, really over-the-counter products, there isn't anything that's been shown to be really effective. Mm. Um some people have used Arnica gel. I I think the results have been a bit mixed on that. Okay. Next question. Is it normal to have a red rash around an area where a wood tick was removed two weeks ago? We went to urgent care and was given a single dose of doxycline. Um, mm-hmm. And I've been putting neosporin on the area as well. Is, is there something that we can do more? Well, and... So the way, I mean, good to be treated with the doxycycline, that's trying, that's the attempt to prevent Lyme disease. So that's, you know, that single dose has been shown that hopefully they should not get Lyme disease. Um, you know, what, there's a question of could the wood tech, if it's still red around it, might there still be pieces of the tick in the skin? That's one question. The other thing is the neosporin for two weeks, that actually may be working against the the individual, you know, you know, you may want to just stop the neosporin and it might get better on its own. It, you know, it could be making it worse. Very good. Next question. Do dermatologists address toenail fungus? There are so many ads on Facebook for treating this. I'm not sure what to believe. Uh, yes, we do treat toenail fungus. <laughs> Very common. Um, most of your ads on Facebook are not terribly helpful and are claiming things they don't ever have to prove what they say. Uh, real, honestly, the only true proven treatment for treatment of toenail fungus that works are uh, prescription pills called terbinafine. Uh, there are a couple other pills out there, but that's the main one. There have been some topical gels, which we have been used, but I would say their effectiveness is not great. Um, generally, we're using prescription pills to treat toenail fungus. All right. Very good. Thank you for that. Tax 651-461-9226. I am just moving through these questions. We have so many, doctor. It's amazing. This person <laughs> writes, when I was 18, this is this is quite relevant for a lot of us. Uh, of mm-hmm. a certain age, because when we were teenagers, we put baby oil on with tin foil on our face. When I was 18, I burned my back to the point of blistering. Does this make me more prone to skin cancer later in life? Yes. <laughs> oh, no. I know. I hate I mean, that. Yeah. Yeah. It's one of those, okay, it's, you know, burning obviously has caused damage to your skin cells, which in the future, because they've been damaged, can develop into skin cancer. The key point is to hopefully not burn the area again, 
in other words, stop creating more damage, and then just to really monitor. You want to just keep an eye on the area as you do all the rest of your skin, looking for signs of skin cancer. So what I encourage you to look for is if something turning black, a spot that's bleeding, a sore that doesn't heal, or something growing big, fast and furious, then you really want to get in and have it checked out. Because the earlier, the better with skin cancer, just like so many other cancers? Definitely, yes. The earlier, the better. Skin cancer is one very common, very treatable, but also very preventable. Right, which is wearing sunscreen, which is what many of us were Mm -hmm. horrible at. But again, now that we know more, we're using it. But then you say, is the horse already out of the barn in terms of have we done the damage? But as you say, we may have done the damage, but just keep your eye on it very carefully. Yeah. And I think actually stepping back, you know, the old sort of feeling was that skin cancer, your risk of skin cancer all occurred to all the sun exposure you got before the age of 18. We have actually shown that's wrong. That is not true at all. Um, You know, obviously we want to protect children so they don't damage their skin, but it is, you know, continuing to protect your skin older in life has significantly reduced the risk of skin cancer. So it's good to keep protecting. Very good. 651-461-9226. We're going to take a short break. We'll do a weather forecast for you so we know what's on tap for us heading out today. And we'll have a few more messages and be back with more of your texts. We're going to get to a text question, doctor, about inverse psoriasis. So keep that on your mind as we take a quick break here on News Talk 830 WCCO. And we are back with the last half hour of the show. We have Dr. Julie Schultz from Alina Health talking all things dermatology related. So many questions, so many questions. We'll try to get through them as quickly as we can, doctor. I mentioned, can the doctor discuss inverse psoriasis? What's the difference between regular psoriasis and inverse psoriasis? Can you help? I can help. Yeah. So inverse. So first, psoriasis is a chronic inflammatory condition of the skin, um, and it usually is red plaques and patches throughout your body. Inverse psoriasis is the same inflammation, but cut in the folds of the skin. So in your armpits, under you know, on your for women under their breasts, it also can be in the groin area. So instead of being thick and crusty, it tends to be very bright red and a little bit shiny. What do you um, do? Yeah, what do you do about that? Do you do? <laughs> so inverse psoriasis, you know, often, you know, the treatments for psoriasis, regular topical treatments do help. We will often use in those areas because the skin is a little bit thinner there. We have to be careful of our topical treatments to make sure they don't thin the skin. So we use um, sort of non-steroidal anti-inflammatories, and these are uh, protopic ointment, elidil cream tend to be the most successful there. So. All right. Well, good to know. Thank you for that question. 651-461-9226. A texter writes, is there any technology to scan the skin and detect changes that elevate candidate areas for biopsy so less cutting can take place during dermatology appointments? There is technology being developed. I, you know, they've been trying this so they've had various different names, Melis scan, various things. And it, 
it is getting there. Um, so far, the dermatologist has been faster than any of the scans is what they've shown. The scans are pretty slow, um, so it's faster to just have the trained dermatologist look at your skin. But I do think in the future, we will see more technology used that way. It, it's just not widespread and been proven yet. Next text question. Good morning. My husband has a dry patch on his elbow. He has been applying cortisone thinking it's eczema, but it hasn't gone away. What else could it be and how might we treat it? Thank you. That's what she said. Usually eczema, right, that would be my first thought. Obviously using the cortisone, it's not working. So you could have... Uh, you know, like a wart there. Sometimes it's a wart. Those will look a little bit like that. The other thing is, and we do worry, it could actually be a sign of a skin cancer called a squamous cell carcinoma. So I would encourage your husband to get that checked out. 651-461-9226. A texter writes, after removing a tick, a lot of people are outside and there are a lot of ticks. We got a question earlier. Is it all right to wipe the area with an alcohol pad? Yes, that should be fine. You want to, once you remove the tick, make sure if you can get all the pieces of the tick out. Um, And that is, you know, sometimes you'll see like a black dot and that may be a part of the tick. And usually the tick bite won't heal unless you get all those pieces out. But um, after removing, applying alcohol swab, that should be fine. Again, that patient who put a little neosporin afterwards, that also you know, for a few days may be helpful to help it heal. All right. This next caller or texter writes in, what is the cause of a boil and what is the treatment and what is a boil for people that don't know? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I think it's just a big, yeah, you tell me. And how do you get it? So a a boil is really kind of like a big acne pimple. Um, You know, we call it, so the dermatologic term is a furuncle. It is usually some, there's been some inflammation or injury to the skin, which is then the bacteria has sort of crawled into that area and created this very sort of sore that doesn't heal. You know, depending on how big it is, where it is, you know, sometimes if it's small, treating it with a topical antibiotic ointment, and this is like bacitracin, neosporin, triple antibiotic ointment, can be effective at clearing it. Um, if it gets really big and obviously, you know, can't, is not getting better with the ointment, then you may need some oral antibiotics. All right, I'm going to blow this name, but I'll try it. I'm taking <laughs> azathiopine, A-Z-A-T-H-I-O-P-R-I-N-E, mm-hmm. daily and told to watch sun exposure. Your experience, what is that drug, and what are your thoughts on it? So azathioprine, which it is hard to say. Thank you. Yes, it is. is It is an immunosuppressive medication. So it's reducing inflammation in your body. And, you know, for whatever condition you're taking for, it's very effective and a good drug. It, you know, one of its side effects is it does reduce the inflammation in your skin. Now, Inflammation in the skin is actually a good thing because that helps prevent skin cancer. So those immune cells, the inflammation kind of goes around and takes care of, you know, cells doing bad things. In other words, potentially forming skin cancer. 
So when you reduce that inflammation in the skin, that can put you at risk for skin cancer. And therefore, that's why they recommend, please be safe about the sun so you don't get skin cancer. Very good. 651-461-9226. As I get older, this texture writes, I'm getting more skin tags. How do I safely get rid of them and what are they? <laughs> Very frustrating what skin tags are. So they are, we call them acrocordons. Um, they are just thickening of the skin. They often occur in sites where the skin rubs together. So the neck, the armpits, again, kind of the leg folds is where we'll see them. They are not bad or serious. There is nothing wrong with you because you have skin tags. Um, and removing them can be as simple as kind of scrubbing in the shower, kind of if they're small, kind of rubbing them off that way, or you can snip them off. That is a little bit more. They do often bleed when you do that, so you want to have a Band-Aid ready. And you also want to make sure that the instrument you, you use are clean or sterile so you don't cause infection. But And why we get them, we don't know. They just come, and they're okay. very frustrating. <laughs> there you go. There's an honest doctor. 651-461-9226. We have about 15 minutes left in the show. This texture writes, I have a problem with keloid scars on my back and backside. Is it too risky to have a hair transplant procedure in light of my scarring issue? And is it K-E-L-O-I-D? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So keloid scars or hypertrophic scarring um, are basically kind of the body healing too well. So in patients who have keloid scarring, we do recommend you avoid any cosmetic procedure as potentially you can scar there. Now, I will be honest, the hair transplant, I'm assuming you're doing it on your scalp. The risk of keloid scarring on the scalp is quite low. It is not common that we see that, but it, you know, being honest, it is potentially a risk if you are doing any sort of um, injury to the skin that you could keloid. All right. Very good. We'll move on. We've got a lot more and we'll try to get to them before the top of the hour. Um, This person writes, are there any new treatments for rosacea and what can you do to help keep it from flaring up? And I'll ask my follow-up, and what is rosacea? (laughs) (laughs) So rosacea is a very common skin disease. It's redness and pimples or not really pimples, but bumps, inflammatory papules, we say, on the face. Um, it, we also call it adult acne is another name. And treatment-wise, I mean, there are lots of treatments. I would, you know, everything from both topical therapy to oral antibiotics to laser treatments that we do use for it, depending on its severity. Uh, new, there's been a bunch of new topical therapies that have been developed, uh, Phenacea gel, Sulantra, I mean, those, and they are very helpful. So there are definitely options and treatments out there. All right, we're going to take our final break of the hour. It is 744. My name is Susie Jones. Our guest this hour is Dr. Julie Schultz with the Alina Healthcare System. She's a dermatologist. We've got a lot of text questions at 651-461-9226, but we will return and get to as many questions as we can right after this. And we're back for the last segment of the show on the Sunday morning. Happy to have you with us. My name is Susie Jones, and our guest is Dr. Julie Schultz with the Alina Healthcare System talking 
all things related to your skin, dermatology, not just your skin, though. Some folks wondering about fungus and toe fungus and lot, you know, it's, it's unpleasant to sort of think about things like toe fungus and scabs on your scalp, but it's very, very, people really have great suffering when they have a bad dermatological illness. Would you say that? Oh, definitely, Susie. I think the skin, you know, it's how our, everyone sees us. And although, you know, the majority of skin problems are not super serious or deadly, they are very bothersome and burdensome to patients because you see it, it is painful, um, people comment on it. So Yeah. This texture writes, mm-hmm. I have dry feet. Oh, I regularly <laughs> use lotion and puma stones, but my feet still feel like sandpaper. What would you recommend for moisturizing? Thanks, Texter. <laughs> dry feet, yes. So dry feet, that is, it is tricky. Um, you know, obviously we walk on our feet and that causes dryness. We wear sandals, that can cause dryness. Um, there's a couple strategies that I encourage patients to consider. One is to actually, the more you pumice and scrub the skin of the feet, it actually often will make it thicker or drier because skin does not like to be irritated. So you may find that not pumicing is better. I know we want to scrub that skin off, but it actually can work against you. Mm. So that would be one thought to consider. The other thing is using, I mean, as simple as good old Vaseline petroleum jelly for really dry skin. You put a good coating of on that on your feet, wear some cotton socks to bed, and that can be helpful. The third thing to think of is that sometimes dry feet can be a sign of um, foot fungus, and you may need some antifungal cream. So those would be. Great. Thank you very much, doctor. Is taking collagen or vitamin C supplements beneficial to skin, this texture writes? Probably not. We don't know. Um, It's you know, the skin, it's very hard to get those nutrients from sort of your belly to your skin. Uh, you should take vitamin C for other reasons. So one thing that vitamin does, vitamin C does help in the skin is it helps keep those blood vessels strong. Um, if you don't have enough vitamin C in your diet, you actually will get bleeding in the skin. You get what's called scurvy, and that will be kind of pinpoint bleeding. So vitamin C is good to keep blood vessels strong. If it directly helps the keratinocytes or the epidermal cells of the skin, it is unlikely. But Again, you should have a very healthy diet is important. Uh, 651. Oh, go ahead. No, I was just going to say collagen, probably not. We don't, we've never seen any studies that have shown that to be effective in helping skin. It's so interesting, doctor, because it is all over the TV, the collagen and this whole idea that you can reverse aging. And have you known a a product that has actually turn back the clock that you've seen that you could support? Uh, the only thing, well, first I like to say to my patients, like, don't believe everything you read or see. Uh, you have to be a little bit of critical and really ask yourself, are you sure? Because that, that seems a little far-fetched. But so what, so what reverses aging or prevents aging? So really, honestly, it's reducing sun damage. Sun UV radiation is what makes us look old. It, you know, breaks down the collagen. It's why we wrinkle. It, um, 
you know, we get splotchiness to our skin. So really use sunscreen is the first thing we recommend. And then also uh, retin-A or retinoids. Those have been shown to kind of plump up your collagen a little bit, particularly on the face. We don't have much evidence for them on the body part, but really on the face, they, they, have, they are effective. We have a couple different questions on if you have a scab on your scalp and what to do about it other than stop scratching it. Uh, another tech, mm-hmm. two different people, she said uh, her 25-year-old son says he has a scab on his scalp. And he doesn't remember scratching it or injuring it. I mean, that's one that, you, again, you at, at night you might scratch it and not even realize you're irritating it. Oh, definitely. You know, it could, you, we do probably scratch in the middle of the night and we don't know. It is, it is concerning. A scab on the body that doesn't heal is actually, can be a sign of skin cancer. So I would encourage that individual to have that checked out because that could be something more serious. All right. Very good. We have just about two minutes left. Uh, back to kind of a summer question. People getting bitten by ticks, Lyme with the Lyme bacteria. And they, what if they don't get the bullseye? Is there some way to test like a blood test to know whether or not you have Lyme's disease? Yes, there is. There is a blood test. Usually, so the first tick um, of the deer tick, it's quite a small tick, and you may not see that. It, often patients may get a little bit of, you know, rash in the skin where that initial tick bite is, but it can be very subtle and you may not see it. It is usually what we call secondary Lyme. So a few weeks later to a month or so later, you get, that's where the bullseye patches will show up. Mm. But again, not everyone gets those. And yes, we do have a blood test. You can have a Lyme antibody tighter drawn to show if you have Lyme disease. Well, that's good to know. So if you have an issue, just call your primary doctor and say, I need to, I'd like to have this test taken to see for sure whether or not I have it. Yes, exactly. It's a very common test. Yeah, it's a blood test. All right. We have our final question. I developed a painful lump on my outer ear that I've been told is CNH or Winkler's disease. How do you treat that? (laughs) I've never heard of that. I thought Henry Winkler. We have about one minute. (laughs) We have about one minute. (laughs) So... Yeah, so CNH is chondrodermatitis nodularis helices. Um, it is inflammation of the cartilage of the ear. It, it is not serious, so it's not a cancer. Um, it is actually really a pressure sore. It is related to the fact that you likely sleep on that side and that kind of when you sleep cuts off the blood supply to the collagen there and then the skin and the or, I'm sorry, cartilage then forms the sore. Uh, treatment for it. So oftentimes what I do in the office is if I just shave off that piece of the cartilage, so you numb it up, just shave it off. Therefore, it doesn't get pressed when you sleep. Or some individuals will kind of create a pillow that sort of protects that ear so there's no pressure on it when you sleep. Very good. Thank you for your time, Dr. Julie Schultz. You've been very, very informational, helpful, got a lot of great questions answered. And if people want to find out more, they can find you on the Alina Healthcare Systems website. Have a great afternoon. Thanks for being with us. Thank you for having me. Take care. All right. News coming up next.